Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Goodyear Assurance Weather Ready. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me. Jason McIntyre, straight fire for Monday, May 15th. Ladies and gentlemen, this was one of the most exhausting weekends I've had in a long, long time. Um, We've got some clarity in the NBA playoffs, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Can we say the dynasty's over? Rob G called it. I, uh, I, I had faith in the Warriors. I think a lot of it was me just thinking that Golden State has never been beat in Kerr, under the Kerr era by a team in the West, and it's official. It's done. Uh, Lakers route them Friday night. That started the weekend, and Saturday was just chaos. Son had a volleyball tournament. Daughter had a soccer game. And then I had my dad's soccer tournament. Uh, if you follow me on the gram, obviously, you tracked everything. It was an, a glorious day for soccer. I actually played better than I, I, I thought I could because uh, I'm getting up there in age now. You know, you start to lose it. Um, we advanced to the finals, and we lose to a team that had – you know, there's only two ringers in the tournament, and this team had a ringer who was just an awesome player. It's like, I mean, he's like 10 years younger than anybody, pretty much anybody on our team. Well, maybe seven to eight, 10 years younger than anybody. And he's just dynamic. Scored a goal like five minutes in, and we're playing from behind. They went three defenders. It's seven on seven. And we just couldn't break through. Um, it, it was tough. So we lost to the semifinals last year, finals this year. I mean, we're, we didn't lose until the finals. And uh, soccer's a lot of fun. And then to cap... Saturday, as if you, I wasn't tired enough, um, there's this Nerf gun battle. I think I talked about it last year. Some YouTube guy hosts a Nerf gun battle at SoFi Stadium on the SoFi turf. So you sign up, you get tickets, you bring a Nerf gun, and you wear like goggles or like eye gear, eye protective eye gear, and you just have a Nerf gun battle with like, you know, 2,000 other people. And it was incredible. Now, I was a little hurting with the legs and the body, 
from the soccer tournament, but it was awesome. And I will say this. this is just, I mean, I doubt this guy listens. But, you know, my, my daughter's Girl Scout troop went, and my son had some friends, and I was with some dads. You know, we're just having fun, whatever. And, of course, the Girl Scout troop gets in a battle with some guys, and one of them is like some kind of maybe 16-year-old punk, but he had an awesome gun. And I told my son, we're buying it. Um, and so the girls are going after him and they're like, we need help. So of course the dads and my, my son and, uh, his buddies, we all gang up on this kid and he's starting to get ticked off. And I mean, he's like, like really angry chasing us. And like, I don't know. I thought there was going to be an altercation. One of the other dads was like, dude, he, I thought he was going to swing on me. It's just some, some punk, but listen, Nerf gun battles are fun. If you want to feel like a kid again, go to a Nerf gun battle. A lot of fun. Now, um, I need to ask, I'll get the name of the gun, but it isn't a Nerf gun. It's one of those guns that shoots the Nerf, those little yellow balls, um, hyper or rapid, whatever it's called. But this thing is powerful and it stings. Uh, no, no, no cap. As my son likes to say, Nerf gun battle. And then Sunday, of course, a awesome mother's day. And we had a game seven in the NBA that, um, I guess it was interesting for a half maybe for 25 minutes, you know, before the Celtics won our 33-5 to run, put away Joel Embiid and the Sixers. Once again, Joel Embiid comes up short of a conference finals. Doc Rivers, third year in a row. Now, depending on when you listen to this podcast, some of you will listen to it. We're starting to put them up at night after games because we've noticed there is a bump in listeners, people looking for takes. Because if you noticed, if the game isn't on TNT, um... The, the TNT show's not on with Barkley and those guys. And if it's not on ESPN, there's nothing on ESPN. So people want reaction, and obviously we provide it to the games almost instantly. So we put them up. We're seeing a bump in uh, listenership. Now, if you're listening to this later on a Monday morning, say, I don't know, n- closer to noon, maybe you missed it on the morning walk with the dog, and you're listening to it late, Doc Rivers might be fired already. Because holy hell, all that guy does is choke in the playoffs. He has now... Remember, he blew three 3-1 leads. Obviously, so that means he's blown three 3-2 three, leads. He blew another one against the Celtics. And I don't know that I can totally blame Doc, but this is, what is it What is it called? Them's the shakes, or that's how it shakes out, or them's the breaks. Whatever the saying is, Doc Rivers once again comes up short. And folks, Embiid was pretty terrible. Five for 18 in game seven, missed all his three-pointers. And I I put this on social media. I don't want to hear, well, he's got the knee injury, remember, four to six weeks. Because I didn't hear that when he went for 30 three-straight games. And they took a 3-2 lead. Because I gassed him up on here. I said, Embiid's looking good. Celtics are in trouble. I didn't bail on Boston. I, I was very clear. Hey, nobody knows how to choke away a big lead like Doc Rivers. Um, Embiid was bad. And it's funny because... When Embiid played poorly in the series, well, he's got the knee injury. When he scores 30-plus, hey, Joel Embiid, there's your MVP. We can't play these games. And what I don't like about the Sixers here is there's always an excuse. And if you remember, Doc Rivers' first year with Ben Simmons. Oh, it's Ben Simmons. Look at him passing away a layup against the Hawks. Ben Simmons is the reason they lost, not Joel Embiid. Embiid had eight turnovers in Game 7 against the Hawks. But, you know, he was at home. But let's let's blame Simmons. So... Last year, they lose to the Miami Heat in the playoffs. And this year, they lose to the Celtics. And this year, the blame game is going squarely on Jim Harden. Now, we don't call him James anymore. Rob G gets credit with that one. Um, in, in just what is an astonishing stat. Folks, Harden in the wins. I'll just read off his stat line in the three victories. 45 points in game one. 
42 points in game four. And oh, by the way, he won both of those games with late three-pointers. And in game five, when they won in Boston, Harden 17, 10, and eight. He attempted 10, got to the line 10 times, tied his high for the series. And as it was efficient as hell. Those are the wins. Now the losses, Jim Harden showed up. Three of 11, four of 16, three of 14, two of 14. Folks, in the four losses, Harden, 21% from the field. Game seven. Okay? This is money time. This is winning time. Jim Harden, five turnovers, three made baskets. In the final two games, the final two losses, Harden was one of 11 on three-pointers. One of 11. Remember those two games he won? Harden goes seven of 14 from three and six of nine from three. How does that happen? I know you want to say make or miss league, but I just find it absolutely befuddling that someone can be so searingly hot Seven of 14 from deep. Next game. Game two, lost. They get smoked. Oh of six from deep. They win game four, six of nine. They lose the final two when he's one of 11 from downtown. So the media obviously wants to blame Harden. Folks, I know that everybody wants to talk about the end of the dynasty of the Warriors. How about, how about the end of the Sixers? Because a lot of the talk is Harden wants to go back to Houston. I don't see a path to success for these 76ers, not with Boston standing in the way, not with Giannis standing in the way, not with the Miami Heat culture still present in the East. And oh, by the way, my Knicks, who did lose in Game 7 on Friday, despite the an amazing effort from Jalen Brunson. Gosh, what a freaking hero that guy is. Jalen Brunson was amazing. I know he had a late turnover, turnover, but he had to do everything. Carry them on his back in Game 7 in Miami. And nearly pulled it off. Uh, Brunson was incredible. But like, the Knicks are coming. If they can make a move and get Carl Anthony Towns... They will definitely leapfrog the Sixers. Cleveland is going to be better in year two with this uh, Donovan Mitchell lineup. I, I don't know, man. If I'm uh, if I'm the Sixers, if I'm a Sixers fan, I'm really worried. You were really gassed up after the Game Five win. You go up three two. You think finally we're breaking through to the conference finals, and then you poop your pants in Game Six and Seven, and Philly's going home. And now Doc Rivers probably going to get the axe. And now James Harden probably leaving. I mean, listen, at some point, Joel Embiid's got to look around and say, time for me to get out of there. Time for me to get off the Titanic. This thing's going down. And I wonder if that's sooner than later. Because if you're the Sixers, this is a tough question. Rob G and I, before the pod, we looked at the number ones in this league. Can you be the number one, the alpha on a championship team? And we counted seven. And now some people will push back and say, well, they haven't won a championship. Like, Luka hasn't won a championship. But he clearly is a number one on a team that got to the conference finals surrounded by, eh. Luka's a one. Steph Curry, obviously a one. That There should not be any doubt. He's your best player. You build around him. You can get to the finals and win it. Giannis, a one. LeBron, clearly a one. Gets a healthy Anthony Davis. Look where they're going. And I know some people will dispute that AD is better than LeBron, but we've seen AD as a one. You build around him in New Orleans, and his second round is a ceiling. AD is a two? Oh, he's amazing. I think Jokic, now going to his second conference finals, is a one. You build around him. I mean, Jamal Murray, uh, Michael Porter Jr. I I think I saw a crazy stat. I don't remember exactly who put this out. It might have been one of uh, this guy named Goldsberry, Kirk Goldsberry, who used to be at... uh, 
ESPN. I'm not even sure where he works now. But he put out a list of players and the amount of help they've had, essentially. And Jokic is like the only one without an all-NBA player around him, without an all-defensive player. He's basically had the least amount of help. Now, listen, Michael Porter Jr. is a good role player. Jamal Murray, I like a lot. But they're really, like, doing it around Jokic. And this is two conference finals. So Jokic are one, Giannis are one, LeBron, Curry. I think, I'm sure some people would disagree, Jason Tatum is clearly a number one. He's been to multiple conference finals. He's on the cusp of going to his second NBA finals. He's now set a record for most points in game seven, 51. I can't, I'm embarrassed that it took me 10 minutes to get into the podcast and start um, saying awesome things about Jason Tatum, a guy who I am a massive fan of. Jason Tatum is a one. You build around him. Hey, you know what? If it doesn't work out, you move Jalen Brown, fine. That's plug and play around Jason Tatum. He has a bag that is incredible. I mean, you saw him unstoppable. Anybody on the Sixers stepped up to him in game seven, and he was just torching him. Hezzy, crossover, step back, sidestep three, finishing with the left, uh, mid-range, baseline. Like, he has, I mean, (laughs) the skill set is unbelievable. Jason Tatum's a one. And the seventh guy, and this is tough, I believe it's Jimmy Butler. I mean, Jimmy Butler with the Miami Heat have gone to the finals in the bubble, and now they're in the Eastern Conference Finals again. They were in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Like, Jimmy Butler's a winner. The best 76ers team they had with Embiid was the one led by Jimmy Butler. Now, I know he's not a superstar in the regular season. That's fine. Jimmy Butler shows up when the lights are the brightest. I think you can build around him wisely. He's a one. Now, I know he hasn't won a title, and I get it. Tatum hasn't won a title. Neither has Luka. Neither is Joker. But for my money, there's only seven ones in the league. Now, I know people are going to go ape shit. Well, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Kawhi Leonard. I don't What's Kawhi Leonard done? Can you counter him? Is he reliable? He's always hurt. Talent-wise, if you make him your two, you are really in great shape. Just like AD. Kevin Durant, why isn't he a one? Well, I don't know. We drop him into Phoenix. The odds make Phoenix the favorites to come out of the West. And I don't know, Rob. I, I didn't see it. Unless we want to give a pass for the Aiton and Chris Paul injuries. But was Durant like a difference maker? I mean, hell, I thought D-Book was better than him in that series. And I'm sure I'll get pushback on that, but I don't think Booker's a better player than Durant. But given Durant's age, he's going to be 35 in September. And, you know, he gets the ball and he's a scoring machine. But he's not like a Curry creating. He's not snagging every rebound or making every defensive play like Jimmy Butler. He's just not doing that. And again, it's not a knock on him. I think Durant's an ideal two. I think Damian Lillard's a two. Uh, D-Book, I think, right now is a two. He's very, very good. Now, he was the one when they went to the finals. They only got there because, you know, remember, they upgraded with Chris Paul. Things broke their way. AD goes down. Donovan Mitchell's a two. There's nothing wrong with being a two at all. But, like, superstar number one build-around guys, I don't think Joel Embiid makes that list. Now, Rob... I'm sure you're going to disagree, and a lot of the um, peanut gallery will say, Jay, you've lost your mind. Joel Embiid just won the MVP award. How is he not a number one? And I'll say, folks, we've had multiple years in Philly now. We tried him with Ben Simmons. We tried him with James Harden. He's got Tobias Harris, emerging Tyrese Maxey. And James Harden is is the guy giving them two wins, essentially. Embiid played good in three. I'm sure we can make an injury excuse. We could even blame Doc Rivers if we want. But for my money, I think Joel Embiid is an awesome two in the same realm of Anthony Davis. Embiid will play great defense. He could give you points and boards. 
but you need a wing player to create and lead that team. I don't think Joel Embiid's one. And Rob, uh, I'm sure you're going to disagree with me. I am 1,000% going to agree with you. This is the first, uh, uh, probably in months, where you and I are in lockstep on something. Look, Joel Embiid on pure talent, absolutely. He's one level talent, like Anthony Davis. There's just something missing with him. And with Joel Embiid, his playoff record is piss poor relative to what his talent level is. You cannot have the kind of teammates that you've had Say what you want about Ben Simmons, but he was an all-NBA performer when he was in Philadelphia. Jimmy Butler was there. You had James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris. What, like The list goes on and on of quality all-star to all-NBA level players all across his rosters going back to 2017, 2018. Lost in round two, lost in round two, lost in round one, lost in round two, lost in round two, lost in round two. Like At some point, it can't always be everybody else, right? Uh, we saw this stat before we started recording. Joel Embiid averaged 33.1 points per game in the regular season, yeah. which was great. In the postseason, that fell to 23.7 points per game. The drop-off, negative 9.4 points, the largest by an MVP in NBA history. Mm. And it's not just this season. I looked it up. He's played in 53 NBA playoff games. 18 times he shot under 40% from the field oh, as a center, as a big man who lives around the basket shooting sub 40%. Mm. One out of every three times he's in the playoffs, he is going to give you a dud of a performance. And that is precisely why he cannot be considered a one. And it's, an, it's exactly why I think you alluded to it a few minutes ago. Things are going to get worse in Philadelphia before they ever get better. Doc Rivers is going to be gone. That's probably an upgrade, to be honest with you. James Harden, it looks like he wants to go to my uh, to Houston. Assuming he doesn't, let's say he doesn't, and you're able to trade him, unless you're able to get another high-level, number two-level player like a Damian Lillard, which is not going to happen because James Harden, no matter what kind of picks you attach, is not going to get you Damian Lillard. Embiid is as the cap is there. He's a set, he's a one and done. He might win one round and then he's out. Like there's no going up from there. So you're gonna see maybe even as soon as this time next year, Joel Embiid is gonna realize that this is not gonna I'm not gonna win a championship here in Philadelphia. He's gonna demand a trade, and then the process is gonna start all over again. Yeah, we uh we did see remember Drew Holiday with A D in New Orleans? Like they were a good tandem. They won a round. And ultimately, it was like, well, Drew Holiday's really good. He's not a two every night. You can make him a three. Oh, let's do that in Milwaukee. Right? And then AD's like, well, we tried him as a one. Let, let's make him a, a one B, a two, whatever you want, alongside LeBron. Boom. Title. And now they're, they're close to going to another finals. I do wonder, Rob, can we find a move that will make Maury happy? I know this is not going to be positive, but... Trading the MVP, very unlikely this offseason. But if Harden bails, I don't know what you do. I guess you try to reboot quickly. Tyrese Maxey's very good. I don't know what you can get for Tobias Harris. But if you look at a team like Denver, they have superstar in Jokic, you know, above average but not a max guy in Jamal Murray. And then you've got Michael Porter Jr., but then you've got two other role players who are perfect. Aaron Gordon, remember he was like a lottery pick. I liked him a lot coming out of Arizona. And Aaron Gordon's like, like, what is he? Like, he's not a max guy. He's like maybe a four, right? Like a, a role player who knows his role. I even need defense boards, and you'll score some. Deal. Sign me up. Can I win a title? 
right? And then KCP, who already has a chip with the Lakers, and you slot him in. You, if you can build around Embiid, maybe you keep him. I just don't know really how you do that because he thinks he's the guy to build around. Mentally, I just don't know if that's a hurdle he can get by. I'm the MVP. I'm unstoppable. I'm a superstar. I put up 33 again. I want a scoring title. Like, okay, do you want to get past the second round of the playoffs? And that's a question. Like, I mean, I would take spare parts for Tobias Harris right now. I know he had a couple okay games in the series. I think he was their leading scorer in game seven, but they lose by 25, you know? Like, I like those give me role players and a superstar and a friend. And like, look at the Lakers, Rob. Listen, I saw a stat where when they were 2-10 and 10 to start the season, they had like a .03% chance of uh, getting, was it to the playoffs or the finals? To or the, the playoffs, final? yep. Playoffs. Well, Palinka wisely said, all right, we'll take a flyer on D'Angelo Russell. I think he can plug in at point guard. Slight upgrade over Pat Bev. <laughs> a little bit. Well, we got Austin Reeves, who's worked out great. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt will be our defensive guy. I don't really know where Vanderbilt fits into the series. Well, we could talk about that tomorrow. Um, but like, that's a, he was instrumental in round one. He had his moments in round two. Um, Dennis Schroeder, I think they have to thank Dennis Schroeder uh, for keeping him, given his idiotic contract situation that he he totally bungled. But the role players matter. Austin Reeves hitting a half-court shot. Like, Austin Reeves was tremendous in game six. And it, I feel like Philly, they just don't have, like, you know, let's just, listen, I like P.J. Tucker. He's had an awesome career. He's tough. I would, you know, I would love to play with P.J. Tucker. But at this point, I just don't know. He's like the the Jay Crowder, you know, like that tough, burly, good rebounding, gritty, small ball four who is older and kind of limited. Like, I I don't want that. Give me a Christian Braun from uh, Denver. I like him. Young guy. Wings matter in this league. And I don't know. When when you look at Tobias Harris and who are their other wings? Um, uh, George's Niang. He's okay. But... They just don't. Philly doesn't have wings, and they're they're not built really for what you need in this league. And now they're out, Rob. Um, I probably should talk nicely about the Celtics for a moment. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years 
and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I know most people are like, oh, you got to crap all over the Sixers. Well, that's easy. Everybody's going to be doing that. But a lot of people have wanted to bail on this Boston team. A lot of people, and I'm not just talking about Cowherd, and I'll say this to him on the air, but like he's been trying to, and I love to reference this movie, Lindsay Lohan in, um, w- with uh, Mean Girls. Awesome movie. And r- consistently, um, the girl who's on Party of Five keeps trying to make Fetch happen. And ultimately, the lead, the ring, the lead ringleader, um, this girl, I had such a massive crush on her. She, uh, you know, you know who I'm talking Rachel about. Rachel McAdams. Right? Rachel McAdams. Oh my gosh, amazing. Um, I basically went through a phase where I would see any movie she was in just because I thought she was like awesome. I don't know anything about her as a person, um, but she said, "Stop trying to make fetch happen," and it was funny. It was like a funny moment. It became like sort of a meme, and I think we need to stop trying to put Jalen Brown on Jason Tatum's level because he's not. And that's not a knock on Jalen Brown, who's a very good player. Jason Tatum has now been all NBA first team two years in a row. He was killing with everything. His, I mean, everything about his game. And I know he had his struggles in the series and Rob even laughed. Oh, first quarter, he can't get a bucket. I think it was, was it three straight first quarter games he did not make a basket? That is correct. Yeah. So he went through it. I get it. But when the lights are brightest, who shows up with 51, the most points ever scored in a Game 7 in NBA history, eclipsing Curry's 50 from like two weeks ago. And this, by the way, not to go off on too much of a tangent, totally bolsters my argument that this era of the NBA, this current one right now, is better than any we've ever seen, and by a mile. A mile. It's not even close. Like, we think of Jason Tatum as like a really good player. I'm calling him a one. Folks, Jason Tatum would have been like, and I know people are going to say this is sacrilegious just because of the history, but like Jason Tatum is a better offensive player than Larry Bird. And that's not that's not like some major hot take. Larry Bird was amazing, top 10 player all time. Larry Bird's intangibles made him great. Uh, Larry Bird's work ethic, determination, um, trash talk, 
rebounding, passing. Like, he was an amazing overall player. Tatum's not there yet, obviously. But in terms of offensive skill set, I mean, Jason Tatum's got to be up there with some of the all-time greats. Like, and he's uh, ascending still. He is literally unstoppable as an offensive player. And I know he went through it. Listen, everybody has tough games. It happens. But, like, we need to appreciate Tatum for what he is. And, folks, I, Rob, am I, am I getting too gushy here? It's 57-55 in the third quarter. Um, and Tatum goes, hits a two on a layup, a three, a three, two free throws. I think Jalen Brown scores, and then Tatum hits another three, and all of a sudden, a two-point game is like 15, and it's game over. And Tatum basically vanquished Harden, Embiid, Tobias Harris, all of them. Tyrese Maxey, get the hell out of here. Don't, you're not on my level. Go, go away. And I took heat last week for saying I'd take Tatum over Embiid, and I stand by 100% Rob. Am I going too overboard on Tatum? I, I, you know I like him. I do not personally know him. I did have his trainer on the, on the pod. I followed Tatum's career very closely. I just like everything about the guy, man. Oh, I love me future Laker Jason Tatum. I, I think he's great. And <laughs> look, putting him in the same conversation in Larry, with Larry Bird, even though I understand exactly what you mean, and I think you're probably right in terms of an offensive player just because guys get bigger, stronger, faster, more skilled as years go on. I, I, I'm with you. I just think that because of uh, his career being so early and Larry Bird being arguably like a top seven player of all time, that might ruffle some feathers a little bit. But look. I'm just saying offensively. Sure. But with Jason Tatum, it's not just that he performs well, right? It's not just that he's a great a talent. His bag is deep, you know. It's that his best games in his career – have come at the biggest moments. And not a lot of guys can say that. Like LeBron can say it, you know, maybe KD can say it, and that's about it. Like Jason Tatum's game six last year against the Bucks on the road against elimination drops 46. Um, that was unbelievable. Right? Game six this year, he plays terribly for three quarters. And then he becomes the second coming of Michael Jordan there in the fourth. This one, game seven against it. And he hasn't really been great in the series, you know? I mean, like outside of the fourth quarter of game six, like he's been kind of roller coaster. That's kind of been who he's been in this series. Even the, the, the counting stats look good, but if you watch the games, he hasn't really looked like an all NBA first team player, which is why I said Jalen Brown has been more consistent than him in, these post, in this postseason. But game seven... To drop a fifty burger at a, when the game was close at halftime, like it's not like they came out and he just blew him out of the water from the beginning and he just you know padded his stats there at the end. No, he, they needed all of those points. They th he was awesome, and there's something to be said when the talent is already there, but the ability to rise to the moment matches that talent. Like that's special. And he is a special, special player. I can't wait for him to sign with the Lakers oh, in like three years. <laughs> so we have a, a rematch, the bubble uh, finals, which were so widely mocked. Oh, the bubble. What does it matter? Come on. Anybody can make it to the bubble finals. Boston and Miami, same as the bubble. Denver Lakers, same as the bubble. Um, Boston Miami starts Wednesday. We'll get into that. Denver Lakers starts Tuesday. We'll get into that as we get closer. However, there was some big huge seismic NBA news Sunday morning. Now, 
after the soccer tournament and the Nerf gun battle at SoFi, I did not have time, unfortunately, um, to wake up and really check my phone to see what was going on. It was like, you know, right to church, Mother's Day, and we went to brunch. I was like uh, totally out of it. So I was late on this. But I kept getting all these texts, John Morant, SMH, John Morant, Shrug. People are like, I was like, oh, I wonder what happened to Morant. You go online and you see that he is hanging out in a car with one of his homies and they're listening to a song. And I'll get to the song in a second because I heard it on the radio driving my son Sunday. And I was like, wait a minute, this is the John Morant song. So I had to, uh, I shazammed it. Well, I had my son do it for me while I was driving. I was like, this song is fire. And I, of course, turn it up, but my kid's in the car with me, and he's, like, trying to turn it down because, you know, he doesn't want people to see. Like, anybody knows who he is. Anyways, uh, the song is Ain't Gonna Answer, NLE Choppa. I don't know what that is. And Lil Wayne. Um, I think I told you guys about my Lil Wayne sent me a message on IG about something I had said on Cowherd, and he was like, he was like, that's funny or something. I was like, is this really Lil You know, I had to check, triple check, and it was. Lil Wayne apparently watching some Cowherd after... He watches uh, Undisputed, at any rate. This song is pretty fire, ain't gonna answer. But what John Morant did, they're rolling around, and his buddy decides, I'm gonna go live on Instagram because I wanna be cool. I need to get my followers up. I'm rolling with John Morant. It's lit, as the kids say. And, you know, I guess John Morant, for whatever reason, is in the passenger seat of a, it looked like it was a Jeep or something with like a sunroof. I don't know, crop, uh, not crop top, but... um. Pop top. I don't know if it was. I don't think it was a convertible. Rob, do you know what vehicle it was? I do not know. Okay. Anyways, John Morant's got a gun in his hand, just waving it around while rapping to "Ain't Gonna Answer." And I'm like, the season's been over for two weeks for for Memphis. John was suspended two months ago. Remember his big apology tour? I mean, he's a mess. John Moran is a total disaster right now. I mean, the, uh, the, the Memphis suspended him instantly. But from what? There's no off-season program for Memphis. Like, what? Are, they're just putting this out there like it matters. I mean, I think ultimately the question is, like, what does John Morant want to be? Does he want to be like an NBA player and have a great career? and be? You know, I know he doesn't want to be a, a role model. No, nobody signs up for this. Charles Barkley famously, I'm not a role model back in the day which was classic, and I kind of agreed with him. Uh, John Morant didn't sign up to be a role model, but thing is, people love him. Kids love him. He flies through the air. He dunks. He's acrobatic. He is uh, unrepentant with his trash talk. A lot of kids like him. And, and he didn't ask for that, but they do anyway. And does he on some level need to show the kids that, like, yeah, I shouldn't be waving a gun around while I'm driving or while my buddy's driving and I'm, I'm listening to music? And... I, does he want to be a gangbanger? I, I don't know the answer. I don't, I'm not even saying his friend's in a gang. But he's trying to give off that, like, I'm in 90s uh, in, in a rap rap group, and, and I'm I'm rocking guns. Like, that's that's the vibe he's trying to get off. And if he wants to do that, that's fine. Hey, man, jeopardize your career, whatever you want to do, bro. I will say this. I, I saw a, 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 multiple versions of this quote. I'm sure you've heard it, Rob. Show me your five closest friends and I'll show you who you are. And the other version of it is, show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Either one of those applies here, okay? I'm not saying he's got to be a choir boy. I'm not saying he's got to be um, like Devin Booker and date uh, Kendall Jenner or, uh, you know, um, like he's got to be like LeBron and um, 
hang out with Maverick Carter and started to keep. I'm not saying he has to do any path. He's going to do his own path. I get that. But who he's hanging out with is clearly getting him in some trouble. And if somebody doesn't step up and stop him, this could end very badly for John Moran. We've seen some of these ugly cases before. I think there was some chatter that Steven Adams had like called a team meeting during the season and was like, hey, guys, we need, we need to dial it back. Let's, let's chill. Let's not be going out. Let's, you know, we've got something special here. And like that night, John Morant went out and was like, you know, living it up. And, and I get that. It's 23. You're 23 years old. You got all the money in the world. You know, you could do whatever you want. But I'm just saying, Rob, like I don't feel good about where John Morant is right now. Um, it's pretty clear that that apology tour he went on was just, just smoking mirrors, doing it for the media to keep the sponsorships. Let's see what happens to uh, all those millions that he's supposed to be getting in endorsements. Let's see what happens with those in the coming coming days and, and weeks. Yeah, it's it's really clear he doesn't get it. Like, And you don't even have to look at this specific incident to know that he doesn't get it, right? When he first came back from suspension, his dad was wearing a sweatshirt with John Moran's picture on it that said redemption. It's like, bro, re- redemption for, like, you're the one who did this. This is not a league issue. This is not, oh, he's like the victim of circumstance. Like, no, your son is acting like an asshole. And all of the things that have come his way have been self-inflicted wounds. And so you had people like, you know, Shannon Sharp was one of the most vocal guys. Like, hey, you're not about that life. Why are you trying to glorify it? And some, someone, other people were saying, well, it's up to the OGs in sports and sports media to like look after him. And, and it's like, no, no, no. It's no, up no, to no. your dad, who's right there at the sidelines with a drink in his hand, to put the drink down, take that sweatshirt off, and say, you are screwing this up for yourself. And John Morant is so in love with the, the gram, and he can't put down you know, his cell phone. And he's just continuing to show you that he is immature, that he is not cut out to be the face of an NBA franchise, the face of the NBA, the face of Nike, what, pick whatever multi-billion dollar brand you want. He doesn't get it. And, you know, when he went to that um, therapy, right? He went to some, you know, uh, check-in therapist, whatever it was, rehab facility. Oh, oh. You know, yeah, he, was there, facility. he was there for two days. What kind, like, I know people who have been in rehab. I know people who have gone to, you know, therapy sessions. You do not solve the kind of issues that he has in two days. John Morant, unfortunately, looks like he is going to crash and burn and flame out of the NBA sooner rather than later. And I'll be, I'll be real, Rob. Um, he's only 23. And I remember I was very dumb and did a lot of stupid things at 23. Um, I obviously didn't have millions in my pocket. I basically had pennies in my pocket and I was trying to be cool and have fun and date girls and um, enjoy life right outside New York City and in New York City. And like, yeah, I had some very, very forgettable idiotic moments that helped me grow. Luckily, there was no spotlight on me. Nobody cared in terms of the media or a team or anything to be like, dude, clean up your act. Um, but I just want to act, I just want to remind folks out there, like, yeah, John Morant's really talented. He's a, we're talking about a two-time all-star here. That's it. He's a two-time all-star. He's not an MVP. He hasn't been to the conference finals. 
He's not first-team All-NBA. He did make second last year. He's a really good player, but we're talking about a two-time All-Star. The league chews these guys up and spits them out. If he doesn't get his act cleaned up soon, he's just going to be he's going to be a cautionary tale, honestly. And I feel bad for the guy because he's getting some pretty friggin' bad advice. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I don't even know if we should do it quickly, but this this Monty Williams situation in Phoenix. So he gets fired on Sunday. I guess not a total surprise. I started to read up on the the, the Suns owner, Matt Ishbia. Rob, have you read a lot about him? Only recently. Yeah, interesting guy. So, um... This company that he's got, this, hold up, I have it in my notes. I had to sit in a car for two hours and wait for my kid. And I, I did a lot of reading on Ishbia, okay? So I got some names, fun names in the sun search, Rob. I'll bounce them off you in a sec. Um, so essentially, 
It should be his dad started a mortgage business uh, lending. And, you know, 20 years in, Ishpia grows up and they, he gets the CEO gig. So I'm not saying he was born on third base. But his dad started a, a, a company and made a lot of money. And he becomes a CEO. Uh, now, I, he did coming out of college. Remember, he was on the Michigan State basketball team as like, you know, end of the bench guy. But in the program. A gritty guard, you know, tough, slap the floor kind of guy in high school who was, I'm sure, a really, really good player. At any rate, coming out of college, he was so highly thought of, like smart kid, knows basketball, fiery, passionate. He had offers to be an assistant coach in college. They're like, oh, come on, you can make this. And he's like, dude, come on. I got a CEO gig of my dad's company coming around the corner. So he gets this. And now when the company went public, I guess a couple of years ago, he becomes a billionaire, him and his, his brother. Um, his first order of business once he buys his sons is to just go get Kevin Durant. And according to some reports, Rob, he didn't like cozy up to the GM and be like, hey, what do you think? Okay, Jones, hey, let's go get Kevin Durant. It sounds like it wasn't anything like that. It was like, I'm going to go get Kevin Durant. And the GM was not involved in it at all. Now listen, I applaud that. That's cool. Hey, you want to go in and make a splash? But then what happens when you guys flame out and now the coach, you know, Monty Williams didn't have a great series, but he's well-liked around the league, highly thought of. People like him, respect him. I don't know. You think the GM fired uh, Monty Williams or you think it was the owner? Take a guess. The the billionaire born on third base is going to get what he wants, which is a title. And Monty Williams, they could be the guy. So now you've got, I'm doing this as the owner. I'm doing that. And he's going to be ticked off. The next question down the pike, Rob, is what is he trading DeAndre Ayton for? Because I sent, I'm sure some of you guys saw this clip. I saw it on the Graham, and I posted it on my account. But there is a video behind the Suns bench at Game 4. DeAndre Ayton is sitting on the bench, like, just, like, frustrated. I don't know. And Devin Booker's, like, not talking trash to him, but being like, dude, you got, like, this is what Joker does. you got to be ready and, like, showing him. And DeAndre Ayton clearly just doesn't want to be told what to do. And ultimately, I don't know if DeAndre Ayton rolls his eyes or whatever, but Booker starts to get upset. Chris Paul comes in and, like, pulls him away, and you're like, yee. Ayton's, like, not even listening, doesn't want to hear it from Booker. And Chris Paul is the voice of reason, which is very strange. Chris Paul's usually the one yelling. And that was in game four, a game they won. Two games later... DeAndre Ayton is a no-show. Did not play with the rib injury. Devin Booker has ducked the media. We know that's a cowardly act. Ducked the media after game six. He's like, oh, I got to do my exit interview. He has not talked to the media since they gagged at home, losing again in a closeout game by 30. Coach is fired. And I I, I don't know that the GM's going to get canned, but I'll say this. And you know the answer to this, Rob. Who was sitting next to Matt Ishbia during that Jokic incident where he flopped? Do you know who was sitting next to him? I believe that's none other than New York Knicks legend Isaiah Thomas. Well, I thought you were going to say Detroit Pistons legend, but yes. (laughs) Isaiah Thomas, who who memorably very, very bad in the New York front office. So I started reading a little more, and Rob, I, I was unaware, but Isaiah Thomas was not just at home games with Ishbia. He was at road games. With Ishbia. He was at every playoff game with the owner. They're, they're fast friends, apparently. So let me see if I can connect this. Isaiah Thomas, who's 
probably craving to get back in the league. You could be seeing him on NBA TV like two nights a week. That's like what he does. And then he gets in some media squabbles. Um, that's what he's doing. He, he's not a fossil, you know? You think Isaiah Thomas wants to get back in the league? You think the GM's feeling good about his chances right there now? I got some other names for you if you don't like Isaiah Thomas maybe coming into the front office. Uh, maybe it'll be a consultant role, and then you know they'll shove out James Jones when he can't get something done. Isaiah Thomas is one. I'm going to toss a couple other names at you. Ready for this? I'm not going to say Tom Izzo. I don't think Tom Izzo's. He's not. I don't think he's ta- going to the NBA now, right? Would you agree? Yeah. No, he's, yeah, okay. he's not. Um, Budenholzer pushed out in Milwaukee. Any interest if you uh, I so, uh, by the way uh, Budenholzer it lives it has like a um, place in Arizona and I guess is around there a lot. Budenholzer to the Suns. Does that do anything for you? Not really. Yeah, I'm not a huge Budenholzer guy. Uh, Nick Nurse still unemployed, I believe. The uh, Raptors guy. He's highly thought of, thanks to Kawhi Leonard. Other than that, mm-hmm, I don't know. Does Nick Nurse do anything for you? A little bit. Okay. So this would be the interesting one. Ty Lue, highly thought of with the Clippers who are dealing with the uh, Kawhi Leonard, what's his health status again? Um, Paul George, you know, we've, we've seen his playoff flameouts. Suns owner with billions of dollars. Remember, born on third base, he's got all the money in the world. You think he makes a Hail Mary and says, give me Isaiah Thomas as my GM and Ty Lue as my head coach? Let's rock and roll. Now, if I'm Ty Lue, <laughs> I coach LeBron and Kyrie Irving. Now I get Kawhi and Paul George, and I could get Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. It's not not a, it's not a bad living, huh? Not bad, right, Rob G? Not it's bad not at bad. all. Well, you know what's funny is everything that you've said. It you know, people think, hey, tin foil cap on. They forget this is the NBA. Man. Well, Come on. well, well, you people forget that when Ishbia was first brought in as the uh, the owner. Chris Haynes from TNT, who hardly ever gets things wrong, oh. reported that Isaiah Thomas was going to accept a prominent role in their front office. And he quickly had to back off of that. I'm not, I don't think Chris Haynes got it wrong, in, in, to me, in my opinion. I think that when that news got floated out, the blowback on social media was so fierce because of Isaiah Thomas's history. And the Robert Sarver situation, and there's like the timing of it would would have been horrible. Oh, yeah, here it is, right? February seventh. You're right. So I think that that was put on the back burner. So as far as him coming into Phoenix, I absolutely one thousand percent see that happening this off season. The Ty Lue situation. Trip out on this one. I saw this one right before we started recording. Multiple outlets had reported that Russell Westbrook was seen with Rich Kleiman in Los Angeles. Over the weekend, Rich Kleiman, of course, what? is the manager slash agent for Kevin Durant. Ooh. So is it possible that Ty Lue comes aboard with some kind of compensation attached? They trade Chris Paul and his massive contract for two or three role players that fit better with a cheaper contract. And then you bring in Russell Westbrook as like a mid-level exception to be your starting point guard and your third star on that team. I think I think that the the tea leaves are starting to reveal themselves a little bit in this situation. Well, it's interesting because I think I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think I asked 
which former KD teammate is more likely to join forces with him in Phoenix, Kyrie Irving or Russell Westbrook? And I don't, I can't, I, I sure as hell hope that the Mavs don't bring DeAndre Ayton to help Luka Doncic because that is, that's, that's not good. That, that will backfire badly. If, if Devin Booker and Chris Paul can't deal with Ayton, what do you think Luka Doncic is going to do? So I'm ruling out Kyrie. I think Russell Westbrook, who is a free agent, right? Yep. Yeah, his deal's up. Like, Kevin Durant appreciates how hard he plays. They're watching DeAndre Ayton not play hard. That video clip that we talked about, I think it was game one, maybe game two, where Ayton just like kind of got, during a rebound, was like kind of shoved out of bounds a little bit, and he just watched the play unfold. It's like batting, balls batting around, he's just watching it. He's not trying to go get it. And it's like, geez, he doesn't, does he want it? Well, Russell Westbrook, I'll tell you right now, would have gone after it. He is like a, a dog on a leash. He's going after everything. And they just saw it firsthand in that series. Russell Westbrook exactly. without two stars was going balls to the wall. And even whether it was inefficiently, I understand that. But he was the Clippers' best player in that series. Man. NBA. Uh, yeah, people people probably think like Isaiah Thomas and Ty Lue is a package. And now you're talking Russell Westbrook. <sighs> NBA. I, I think we're headed to a, to a wild off season, our, our Rob, G, Rob G. All right, so tomorrow... Obviously, it will be a big day. We will preview Lakers-Nugs game one. Let me see if I can call up the line real quick. I haven't actually looked. I'm, I'm assuming Denver is a favorite. I don't think, I don't want to guess too wrong here, but I would assume they're like in the minus 180 range in this series. Have you looked, Rob, or no? I believe last I looked, they were minus 150. Oh, well, that's not that significant, huh? Um, let's see here. Game one. The Nugs are, ooh, minus five and a half. Wow. Um, Lakers have won the last two game ones in the postseason. I don't think Denver will, uh, well, it's, uh, the Warriors are coming off of game seven, so that was kind of understood. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see Denver getting caught sleeping here, do you? Uh, with the five and a half, I, I love the five and a half. You would take for it? For the Lakers, yeah. I mean, mm. we'll, we'll dive deeper into this tomorrow, but yeah. if the Lakers are going to win this series, I think they almost have to win game one because of all the rest they're going to have. Every, every The game is now every other day moving forward after that. So so there's not a lot of rest? No. So if they're going to steal home court, which is what they're going to need to to win this series, I think they have to win game one. Oh, yeah. Here's the schedule. Okay, so they play Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Monday, Wednesday. Ooh, yeah, no extra days baked in there. Okay, Oof. not looking good for Lakers. But does your gut tell you Lakers won the series? Yes. I think for for my bank account, I have two Lakers futures tickets, which is crazy. I have posted them. I, I've mentioned them on the pod, so this is not like me coming out of the woodwork. This is from like February. Um, and for content, obviously Lakers over the Nuggets. But I I don't I don't think the Lakers can beat these guys. But then again, I thought the Warriors would have them too. All right, much more to dive into. Talk to you tomorrow. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.